Good morning, and welcome to Old Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, May the 7th. We are reading from the big book. We're in the chapter of Vision for You, page 155. The last paragraph, being intrigued, however. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Lisa L., 12 Traditions, Darlene H., and readers of the text, Sandy W., Barbara E., and Katie G. The reference numbers for Wednesday, May the 6th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 14571, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 14573. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lisa L. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Lisa. Press star one to unmute. Good morning, uh, it's Lisa L. from Brooklyn. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Lisa L. And Darlene H. will read the 12 steps, sorry, 12 traditions. Good morning, Darlene. 
Good morning, Darlene H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Columbus, Georgia, and here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do service. Thank you, Darlene H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter of Vision for You page 155, and we're reading the last paragraph, Being Intrigued. Sandy W., would you do the reading for us, please? Oh, thank you, Lynn. I'd be honored to. This is Sandy W., Gratefully Recovered in Connecticut, um, page 155 in the big book. Being intrigued, however, he invited our friend to his home. Sometime later, and just as he thought he was getting control of his liquor situation, he went on a roaring bender. For him, this was the spree that ended all sprees. He saw that he would have to face his problems squarely, that God might give him mastery. 
And um, wow, when I read that paragraph, um, it just re- reminds me of it's we're reminded really here of that amazing, you know, really miraculous and life changing story of Bill and Dr. Bob. You know, I'm certainly not a historian by any stretch of the imagination, but I absolutely identify in with the action of going on a roaring bender. You know, for me, many roaring binges, really, um, each time, just as I thought I had my eating disorder under control. You know, what a concept that I could actually control my eating. You know, but I lived in that insane notion for most of my life, you know, each time believing that this time it would be different that this diet or this weight loss program or health coach or therapist, um, someone or something would make the difference and that each roaring binge would be the last. Um, Until finally and gratefully, um, I had that binge to end all binges when I finally surrendered to the fact that I was powerless over food and my food behaviors and had nowhere else to go when I was finally out of ideas and accepted that my sick mind was not able to fix my sick mind. You know, thankfully, by the grace of God, um, that led me here to this healthy OA meeting and this book, which so tells my story um, and gives me those clear-cut directions I so needed to solve my problem, you know, which in hindsight had really little to do about what I ate other than that I had to eat and behave in entire abstinence and instead guided me through a spiritual awakening and to the God referred to in this paragraph that could master my addiction. You know, by picking up this book um, instead of those binge foods and, and truly making it my textbook for living, I too learned to face my problems um, squarely with God as my master. You know, it was and is not an easy journey at times, but one that I'm so grateful for each day. Um, you know, so, you know, I trudge this way. I work these steps in entire abstinence with God leading that charge because with his guidance, those roaring benders are only a thing of my past one day at a time and a reminder of why I trudge and, and continue to pick up this book with each of you each day. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks so, let, so much for letting me do that service. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Sandy W. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every three days in order that others might share their experience too. So for us, that means if you shared on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Andrea S. Barbara E. Tiffany P. Okay, so far this morning we have Andrea S., Barbara E., and Tiffany P. Who else would like to share? Nessa R. Shannon C. Okay, one more, please. Jen Z. Perfect. Okay, let me tell you who I have. 
I have Andrea S., Barbara E., Tiffany P., Nessa R., Shauna C., and Jen Z. Andrea, please go ahead, followed by Barbara E. Good morning. This is Andrea S. in New Jersey, recovered and grateful for recovery up until this very moment. Um, thank you for your service. I Sometime later, and just as he thought he was getting control of his liquor situation, he went on a roaring bender. And that's the that's the scenario that I played over and over and over again. And even after having had what I thought was recovery when I first joined um, and was able to release some weight, um, and the word control is very important to me here, he thought he was getting control. And, and the good news is that I don't have to be the one to control. So the more I control, the more I'm blocked from my higher power because I'm trying to manage. And while I'm trying to manage, I'm spending a whole lot of energy um, on worrying, um, which comes from me trying to control. Uh, I worry only because I think, me personally, because I think I can control something and I'm not able to control it. That's why I'm worrying. Um, I'm also deciding. I'm also justifying. And I do that all over my life. It's sprinkled all over my life. But when I bring it all back down to just just my relationship with my compulsive overeating, and I realize that I don't have control, and I accept that I don't have control, steps one and two, um, then I get to open up and be relieved that, hey, none of this is my decision. None of this is my business to worry about. I have been given a gift of the acceptance and the willingness to let someone else, as we say in the book, be my employer, be my new employer, that I don't have to be the one to make all the decisions about my food. And when I am, guess what happens? I wind up being a chronic relapser, as I had been for the past, you know, several months. Because I was trying to control. And the more that I was getting into the food, the more I thought, oh, my God, I have to control this. Jeez. I knew what the big book said. But ingrained inside of me was I have to control it because I'm the failure. So instead of being the failure, what I can be is the one who's willing. And to pray for the willingness on my knees, being on my knees helps me. It's for me. Not for God. It's for me. Um, to ask for the willingness that I'd be willing. And it just magically, I started to open up. And I kept resisting it, kept not wanting to give up the food. Then being abstinent a couple of days or a couple of weeks and think, okay, I got this. And again, back to the sentence. He thought he was in control. And I didn't realize how much I, I thought. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't realize how much I thought I was in control. And that's where I messed up. Thanks for letting me share. Bye-bye. Thank you, Andrea S. And Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Tiffany P. Please go ahead, Barbara. Uh, Thank you so much, and good morning, everyone. Well, when I was told by a member of OA that there was a way to recover, and it was by working the 12 steps, I was intrigued. But when I heard the steps I'd have to take, I was frightened and skeptical. But I was desperate, so 
So I made a commitment to myself and to my new sponsor that I'd follow my food plan to the letter and refrain from all the foods that might possibly send me off on yet another binge. But my husband and I had been invited to the bar mitzvah of my best friend's son the following Saturday. I, however, was filled with confidence. I could handle it. Well, the minute I got there, I was in trouble. From the hors d'oeuvres and concluding with the Viennese table, an entire room, I, sh I must add. Well, I reasoned, just this one last time, and I'd start over tomorrow. But I was wrong. I ate everything I wanted and as much as I wanted. And even when I got home, I continued to eat everything I could get my hands on for the next two days. By the end of that last binge, I was in such excruciating pain, my doctor suggested that I consider having my jaw wired shut and begin working with a therapist to work on my issues with food. That did it for me. I too had reached a terrifying jumping off point. I had no more holes to fall into, no more trap doors to fall through. I couldn't continue like this. I was sure I would die. I knew deep down in my soul that something was wrong, wrong, and I must let go of my preconceived notion that I could handle these things on my own. To this day, I'm amazed at people who get abstinent just before the holidays. I understood what the big book meant when it said it is the great obsession of every compulsive overeater to someday somehow control and enjoy his overeating, but I feared I was one of the hopeless ones. It was only when I sincerely turned towards God and said, I can't do this alone, please help me, I surrender, I'm beaten, I have no strength in me, that a strange thing happened. I think it was when I finally truly surrendered and accepted my powerlessness that I began to gain some power. I used to thank God for putting Overeaters Anonymous in my life, but now I thank Overeaters Anonymous for putting God into my life. So here I am recovered and abstinent for 23 years and mostly serene, but life is still like an onion. You peel each layer and you cry. I'm doing Thank you. I'm doing my imperfect best and so, still suiting up and showing up for life every day, good and bad. Reality is a wild ride, and I wouldn't miss it for the world. Have a great day, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And Tiffany P., it's your turn, followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Tiffany. Good morning. Um, this is Tiffany P. Recovered in San Antonio. Um, and this paragraph really, um, you know, he thought he was getting control of his liquor situation and he went on a roaring bender. What really sticks out to me um, is a reminder that the food has to be the great persuader. Um, I was just thinking of um, talking with my sponsees and how often I want to come up with the right personal experience I've had or the something um, right to say to make them um, realize how uh, imperative it is to do this work if they're a real compulsive overeater. And um, 
uh, I just have to be reminded that, you know, nothing I can say or share with them from my own experience is going to be more powerful than them having um, this moment with the food and the food behaviors, um, whatever they may be for that person, um, because that's how it was for me. Um, I had, um, you know, someone early on in my recovery um, put the big book in my hand and tell me that's how she worked the steps. And uh, for a while, I was doing well, like Dr. Bob. And then, um, you know, I had a ben- uh, bender. I had a binge. Um, and it wasn't even my big, the biggest binge I've ever had. But um, it was enough for me to come face-to-face with my own powerlessness. And, um, you know, that was the moment that I recognized the need to um, work these steps like my hair is on fire, as we like to say on this line. Um, you know, it wasn't the words that my sponsor said or that I heard in a meeting. It really was my own experience and coming face-to-face with um, the food and my powerlessness over it and realizing that if I didn't, if something didn't change, if I didn't come face-to-face, um, you know, with this work and do um, these 12 steps, that um, I was always going to be in the food and, and things were likely to get worse. Um and so I just wanted to share that because that was um, what came up for me as as this paragraph was being read and the shares is even as a sponsor and someone who's recovered, I can only do so much um, for a sponsee. I can share my experience and be on the other end of the phone or the other side of, you know, the table when listening to a fifth step, but it has to be them um, really truly realizing their powerlessness and sometimes that means allowing the food to you know to be the the persuade the persuader and they may have to go on you know that last roaring bender to really um you know figure out that this work is essential for them um so that's what i wanted to share thank you and i pass thank you tiffany p Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Shanna C. Please go ahead, Nessa. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. You know, this part of the story always reminds me of the bottom um, paragraph on page 25, which says, um, um, if you were a fierce alcoholic as we were, we believe there's no middle-of-the-road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible, and if we had passed into the region from which there is no return to human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, which is what Dr. Bob was doing, especially with that last bender, blotting out the consciousness of an intolerable situation as best we could. The other, to accept spiritual help, and this is exactly what he did right after that bender uh and this is like the step two realization um you know every decision that we make brings us closer to the food or closer to god um and it's our choice it's my choice um once i have put the food down um which he did um he put down the alcohol right after that slash drunk um, you know, I have a choice, okay? I, where am I going to go? Um, am I going to continue the way I was, which is too painful? Um, or am I going to do something different, which is, you know, take, pick up the, the spiritual uh, uh, tools laid out at my feet um, and 
and changed my life, really, except that spiritual help. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's either or, like, there's, there's really nothing in between. You know, it's either continue eating and die or bring God into my life, into my uh, food problem, my weight problem, all my problems, um, and, and live. And, you know, it, it says um, somewhere else in the big book that God is everything or else he is nothing. And for me, it's not like that. It's either God is everything or the food is everything. Because I need a higher power. Human beings need higher powers. All of us have a higher power. Even those who think they're an atheist or agnostic or whatever it is, everybody has a higher power. Uh, you know, it may not be a spiritual higher power. It could be money, beauty, um, I don't know, fame, um, what have you. Uh, but we all have a higher power. For me, it was the food. For Dr. Bob, it was the alcohol. But, you know, this higher power of mine wants to kill me. So uh, when I come to step two, I make the decision that I want to live and I have to be restored to sanity. And I cannot restore myself to sanity. I need something outside of me. And certainly the food isn't going to do it. So um, I need to get a, high, a, a power that is not only greater than me, but it's greater than the food because the food is, is definitely a, a power greater than myself, but it's not one that is restoring me to sanity. And this is like a step two decision that we make all throughout the day, whether we realize it or not. Uh, and so, you know, it requires a lot, thank you. It requires a lot of mindfulness to be aware of that fact. Am I moving to the food or am I moving to God? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. And Shauna C., it's your turn, followed by Jen Z. Please go ahead, Shauna. Good morning. Uh, may I be heard? Yes, thank you. Perfect, thank you. Um, my name is Shauna C., uh, gratefully recovered in Sarasota, Florida. Thanks, everyone who shared, and thanks for being here today for all of us, um, those who have uh, signed up for service and reading and all of that. I appreciate it so much. The thing that jumps out to me so much is <clears throat> the, the sentence that says he saw that he would have to face his problem squarely, that God might give him mastery. Um, and in this particular context, this is uh, Dr. Bob, who had basically decided that he wasn't, he couldn't make the sense of these people, um, you know, in the, like in the previous paragraph, because he was so afraid of losing whatever it was he thought that he needed in order to be okay. Um, for me, um, I mean, that that's basically in a nutshell, like whenever I am shaky or scared or or getting ready to pick up a food, I've got to pause, right? I'm, I'm currently living in steps 10, 11, and 12. And um, I would get to this point so many times in, in you know, with, with in recovery from uh, compulsive eating, I did not realize that there were a lot of amends that I needed to make um, uh, still. Um, and the biggest amend I needed to make, and I can see that this particular sentence relates so much in every single step that I take, steps, steps one through 12, I must meet my problem squarely. Um, whether it's making an amend, whether it's making a decision, the fact is, is I'm powerless and I need power. And so what is it that I can do to, to make things right, right? And for me, it's always going back to God, asking for the guidance and the directions and the willingness to make matters right. The food for me was 
just a symptom. It was, you know, it, I'm unable to manage my own life and there are reparations that need to be made and I need God's help. Um, when I got to the point of complete and total surrender this last time in, um, with my, with my eating, um, I was willing to go to any length and it talks about, uh, in the steps here, it, it, you know, somewhere else in the big book, it says reminding ourselves that we're willing to go to any length for recovery from alcoholism, in our case, uh, compulsive eating. You know, that means that I need to make amends where I've caused harm. Um, and making amends uh, is, for me, is putting down the food. It is turning that food over to God, um, making reparations to those I had harmed, uh, making you know, to the to the best of my willingness and the ability, uh, it's it's turning my will and life over to my understanding every morning and, and seeking through prayer and meditation to improve that constant contact with God. Thank you, and um, being willing to share this message with others. And um, thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to share. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Shanna C. And Gen Z, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, my name is Gen Z from Kentucky. So a couple of things stood out for me here when I was reading this. Um, first off, uh, what started off as a 15-minute no more visit uh, with Dr. Bob uh, turned out to be a month-long um, housemate. Uh, and uh, it's just um, it really is true what one alcoholic can do for another is pretty remarkable. And then the other thing that stood out um, to me is in the previous paragraph we read yesterday, we read that uh, Dr. Bob was balking at the idea of exposing himself to his society and admitting his wrongs. And um, in this paragraph, uh, we find that after a spree, all of a sudden he's willing to face God and the people around him, to squarely face God and the people around him. And I'm just reminded about, uh, you know, of all the, the relapses uh, and the pain. <laughs> that's, that's how I learned best is the pain, the relapses that I've had to go through to make me face the truth. Um, and I've really come to appreciate those relapses because I am truly an alcoholic with food. Um, I, I really do learn best through pain. And experientially, where I am in my program of recovery is emotional sobriety. And what my higher power is showing me is uh, not only do I need the pain of going through the physical relapse of food, I need the pain of exposing my character defects to people around me and the humiliation of, sh- of showing my character defects to people around me um, in order to repent, confess, and ask God to take it away. And that process of doing that over and over again is much like picking up food and relapsing. And that process is my journey toward emotional sobriety. Again, it's painful. I don't like to show everybody my ego, my self-righteousness. I mean, the miracle for me, really, is that my will has aligned with God's in that I have such a distaste for my character defects, what I used to hold on to for dear life as a protective mechanism for me, I've learned now to distaste it just as God does. And now him and I together can work 
toward getting rid of it. And that entails exposing myself uh, with my character defects to everybody. And the pain of that exposure and vulnerability um, helps me get better. And that's all I had to share. Thanks so much. Thank you, Gen Z. Excuse me. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later, we are on page 155 in the chapter of Vision for You, and we're reading the last paragraph, being intrigued, however. So the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every three days in order that others might have their turn. So for us, that means if you shared on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Christina J. Nancy L. Melissa G. Stacy H. Crystal P. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. We have Christina J., Nancy L., Melissa G., Stacy H., and Crystal P. Christina J., please go ahead. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for your service, everyone, today. Um, wonderful meeting so far. Um, Christina J. from the state of Washington. I like the word intrigued because every diet intrigued me. Every possible plan to get out of this disease and this craziness that I felt was mostly in my head intrigued me. Um, I knew the food was but a symptom. I knew I was eating over emotions and uncomfortableness, but I had no idea that it had to do with control and surrendering to God and finding something bigger than myself. I had no idea. Um, So this intrigue gave me hope. Um, And then I would go into control because every diet, you know, you have to control it. You have to eat a certain way and you're going to meetings maybe and weighing and you're controlling And my ego was getting bigger as I lost the weight, and I'd go in, I'd lose that four pounds every week or whatever. Um, But I have no control over my mind and what it tells me. It just jumps me all over the place like a monkey. And it always convinces me to go back to the food, which triggers the allergy. So after every diet, you know, oh, I've been good, I can have this. And then I was off to the races again in no time. Maybe it took a week or two. Maybe I eased into it, but um, even in program, you know, I've been in relapse after relapse with my mind telling me that I can't stand the pain of my emotions, and it's a real subtle thing sometimes. I don't even know at times when I've gone into fear or anger or resentment or self-centeredness, and I'm off to the races again. Um, And I hope that my last spree was the spree to end all sprees because that that last spree caused me horrific pain and physical damage to my body. Um, I'm dealing with massive digestive issues from my years and years of eating and relapsing and all that stuff. But 
will it stop the next one? No, because two and a half years ago I had an emotional, I mean, excuse me, an immense physical reaction to my sprees and my relapses. It didn't stop the next one. Um, this disease in my ego and my mind, which when it comes to my emotions and my fear and my anger and my self-centeredness, which I have no control over, um, will always lead me back to the food because they're too uncomfortable to deal with and painful, and I want that fix. Uh, I have to be willing to face the pain of my emotions, the pain of putting down the fix, the food. It's painful to do that at first, and it's painful to do it over the long run and surrender myself to God. That's the start to my freedom. Surrender in the first step is the start to my freedom, the real surrender in one, two, and three before I can even begin to know what this program's really about. If I want what you guys have, I got to do that before I can be ready to take the next steps. I can take them, but then if I'm not aware, that mind will tell me again, hey, you're doing good. Hey, you faced all your character defects. Hey, hey, yeah, 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 you're doing your 10 and 11, and then pretty soon the 10 and 11 fade away, and the 12 fade away, and I'm back in control. Fine, please. So... Thank you for telling me that. Um, I can't be intrigued with hope anymore. i got to be intrigued with surrendering to God. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Christina J. Nancy L., it's your turn, followed by Melissa G. Please go ahead, Nancy. Good morning. Uh, this is Nancy L. from uh, LaGrange, Georgia. Um, gratefully recovering and hopefully have had my last binge. I appreciate so much what I've heard this morning and all the shares. Um, I hear myself, I hear my story being told over and over and over, which just reminds me that this disease has no, um, it doesn't have any uh, bounds of who or what personality or uh, what place that it can affect us. And and I've heard so many people talk about their relapses. I've been in the program for six and a half years attempting to work toward a healthy weight, but that was me working, doing that, and I never, I've just relapsed over and over and spent many hours in pain. My body has been ravaged with um, the deterioration that the eating has caused. And I hope my last binge that lasted for two weeks and put on seven pounds and caused me to almost choke myself to death. I hope that was my last binge. Um, and I continue to come to this meeting and my face-to-face meeting when the when they're available and know that only my God, only a spiritual experience can heal the disease that's in my body and in my mind. And once I accept the fact that this is an illness, an allergy that I have in my body, an obsession that I have in my mind, and know that I'm powerless and only God can. 
And I stay in step 10, 11, and 12 every day. And each day, so this day I've asked God, help me not to go on a binge. And with his help, I'll stay clean and sober today. I thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy L. Melissa G., it's your turn, followed by Stacy H. Please go ahead, Melissa. Hi, this is Melissa G. from Michigan. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who shared on the line. And it's just amazing um, at how much each story can mirror something that I've been through or have gone through. And it just really helps me not feel so alone. So thank you. Um, I think the first part of this paragraph that really struck, like, stuck out to me was when it says, just as he thought he was going to control or was getting control of his liquor situation. And I realized um, with the ups and downs in every diet and losing the weight and gaining the weight and, um, you know, just the yo-yo that was my life, it was because I was trying to do it. And I thought I had to control it. And it was all about controlling and restricting and um, not, I wasn't going to give in and I was going to have willpower. And it was just so much on my shoulders. And like so many have said that eventually I I couldn't handle it. And I would go on a spree that end, was going to end all sprees because I knew if I could just eat enough and get sick enough and desperate enough that then my life would change. And again, it was so self-centered and it was all what I was going to do and how I was going to change. And just being in this program for um, a little less than four weeks with you guys, which has been probably one of the greatest blessings I can, um, you know, even imagine with the exception of my children and um, my relationship with God. Um, it, it is just, I have hope, and I, I love that it says, like, it, it wasn't until, you know, he realized that he had to squarely meet God and come to God that he might have God's mastery, and that's what, um, you know, I seek every day now, and some days are easier, some days are, you know, I'm still learning, and learning to surrender, but the fact that I have the support that I didn't have, you know, nearly four weeks ago. Four weeks ago, I was trying to do it on my own with um, my own willpower. So I'm grateful for you guys, and I hope you all have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa G. And Stacy H., it's your turn, followed by Crystal P. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning. This is Stacey H. and I'm calling from Virginia. And in hearing this paragraph this morning, um, it just reminded me of um, my last spree, um, my last binge on sugar. It just brought brought memories. Um, my first time I came to OA was in 1992. I had stayed for a couple years, and then I had left for a couple years, and I had come back, and I was abstinent, and then. Um, I approached my sister's wedding 
and there was a rehearsal dinner and um, I had no idea that I would be making a speech, something that just terrified me, you know, um, speaking in front of people. And my brother-in-law, his two brothers and two sister-in-laws, you know, got up and did this whole prepared speech. And I was just kind of mortified and I had to get up and quickly think of something to say about my sister. And um, as the event was winding down, um, I was looking, I had a best girlfriend who had um, made chocolate. She used to make chocolate into little molds and she had made, you know, for the party, you know, this on every table. And I remember as I was cleaning up the tables, you know, one in my mouth, one in the box, one in my mouth, one in, my, one in the box. And I just remember, you know, I, I binged for 10 days, um, 10 days on everything um, I can imagine. Um, and then finally, September 15th, 1995, I put down the sugar. Um, gracefully, I put down the sugar. And, um, you know, this part, I must face my problems squarely that God might give me mastery. Um, you know, both, you know, when I gave up sugar almost 25 years ago, and also when I returned or when I came to vision in September with a different bottom, okay, I still hadn't picked up the sugar. But I was, I was struggling with with other food products, um, you know, not really knowing this definition of entire abstinence. Um, you know, I was, I was struggling and I am grateful that I, that, you know, at that time and now again, you know, I have turned to God for mastery over my problems. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Stacey H. And Crystal P, it's your turn. Please go ahead, Crystal. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P, a compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Um, as I was reading this, uh, what stood out to me was that I remembered um, that I actually don't remember my last binge because the spree that ended all sprees for me was the one that didn't happen. I had um, joined the fellowship for a couple of weeks. You know, they told me I need to I need to put down the food, and so um, so I had an excellent plan. I was going to spend my entire weekend binging my head off and I had a whole menu planned for the entire weekend, if you can call it that. And, um, and Monday I was going to start my abstinence and I felt so hopeful and so powerful and so excited about this plan. Um, and then on the Friday night, I, um, I received a call from uh, one of my best friends who told me that after uh, that she had returned to a, a, a horrible abusive relationship after having escaped with great pain for about a month. And um, it was such a shock to me. I remember being at the foot of my bed in tears um, and realizing for the first time that that's, that's what I was doing too. I was playing with fire. I was going back to the food thinking, you know, oh, I'm sure. Like, I'll just, I'll just binge this weekend and then Monday I'll put it away, you know. And I realized that for the first time it dawned on me that if I'm not willing to do it, on Saturday morning, what's changing by Monday morning? And it, for the first time, it dawned on me nothing. Nothing will change. If I cannot do it on Saturday, I will not do it on Monday either. Um, and that was the first time I realized that I had no power in the situation. If I picked up that food, I'm, I'm not putting it down again. And um, this is where I was willing to give up the control and say, control I never really had anyways, but the illusion of control and say, okay, God, 
please get me through this weekend. Um, I'm not even going to think about Monday. I just need to not pick up for this one day. Please help me. And that began um, my my real abstinence in in this program. And I'm so grateful, so grateful for that. Thanks for letting me share. And thank you, Crystal P. Okay, we have time for two or three more shares. Who would like that time? Shlomit Khanna. Anyone else? Okay, we Joni. have Shlomi Hana. And there was a Joni. Yep, Joni C. Okay. Anyone else? Toby K. Alrighty, let's try that lineup. Thank you. We have Shlomi Hana, Joni C, and Toby K. So Shlomi Hana B, please go ahead. Press star one to unmute, please. Sorry about that. Thank you so much for your service. Um, thank you to the timekeeper and for everybody who is on this meeting. I so appreciate each and every one of you. Um, I think the line that really stuck out to me <clears throat> was the last one that said he saw that he would have to face his problems squarely, that God might give him mastery. Um, you know, that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to really face this disease of compulsive overeating and um, to be able to look at the disease and to say, I have this problem and I need help. Um, and I think that, you know, once we face that we have the problem and that we need help and that we have even just that little teeny, teeny, tiny bit of willingness, then comes a surrender so that God can take over and, and God can, see, what is this? And that God can give us mastery. Um, when I was in relapse, really deep in relapse, um, I was going through a really terrible time towards the end. My mother-in-law had taken a turn for the worse, and she had passed away. And then about two months later, my mom had a stroke in a different state, and I was binging my brains out on food, on movies, on everything. And I just remember feeling so completely miserable and low and I took a walk one day, and I was so angry with God. And I said, God, I'm angry about this and this and this and this and this. And I said, you have to fix it because I can't. At that moment, I realized that everything I was angry about, particularly about my disease, um, were things that I just didn't have any power over anymore. I just, I thought that I could control it. I thought that I could try. I tried a softer, easier way. Nothing worked. And I was so frustrated and so angry that I finally just gave up. And I said, okay, you know, you fix this, God. And two days later, he did. That's when everything started coming about. And thank you, God, I got into recovery. Um, 
and I'll never forget that. And and I have to say that for me, actually, it wasn't even courage. It was desperation. Um, it was just the desperation of a person that was just completely in the pit of hell. Um, and I saw that I guess that, I guess that at that point I was really coming face to face with my problems and just really seeing how much you know how much this disease how much havoc this disease was wreaking in my life because honestly thank you, thank you um I knew that I was either going to end up in a mental, mental institution or dead so thank you I pass Thank you and Joni C and Toby K we have uh 4 minutes left so if we each take 2 minutes uh, both people can share. So, Joni C., please go ahead. Hi, this is Joni C. from Madison, Minnesota, small town Madison, Minnesota. Um, I was, uh, I've not had um, lately or before I joined uh, uh, Vision, I did not have a spree of all sprees, but I was. In, I was in OA and I was not doing well. And uh, I listened to Vision and I I had not before uh, had any desire to put down sugar or flour I, or to weigh and measure foods or um, to to get any more involved in OA than I was one Saturday a week. And um, uh, I, I was, but when I listened to to Vision, I was intrigued by everyone's stories. It was like, wow, I want what they want, and I determined at that point that I did need to give up sugar, and later on, I gave up flour, and. Um, I I've been abstinent ever since and I'm very grateful. And with that I'll pass. Thank you, Joni C. Toby K, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Um, hi, did you call me? Toby K. I did. Thank you. Uh this is Toby K, compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. And um I then I've been having some stomach problems and I was talking to the doctor about certain foods that, you know, maybe they're not so good for me. They're too strong. They're this, they're that. And he said, uh, well, some foods will tear your stomach up. And I'm going, oh my gosh, uh, better stay away. But then, um, my husband ordered something, um, for me from takeout, takeout foods. And there was something in there. My husband said, oh, it's not so strong. It's not bad. And uh, it was a vegetable, part of a vegetable. And I was put it on the scale with my other salad and weighing it, measuring it. And I said, you know, this is really strong. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not used to food like this. But I said, well, you know, a little bit, a little bit. So, and then finally I said, you know, this could tear your stomach up. And I said, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't have it. Oh, you know, great um, enlightenment. So, you know, even with a food that, you know, technically um, so-called could be 
uh, allowed, I guess. Uh, something that I'm not used to and something that might tear my stomach up, I'm still eating it because it was on the scale. And I convinced myself it's not so bad. But um, does God want me to be sick? Does God want me to inflict pain upon myself and make it even worse? So um, I really appreciate all the shares. And um, I need to surrender also not only the foods that um, are triggers for me, but any food that's not good. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Toby Kay, and thank you to everyone shared and to our tremendous team Thursday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share idea for this morning, May 7th, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 14580. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara E. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. My honor. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.